welcome to East Norfolk's very own politics podcast in the loop. In the loop. In the loop. After our long um, break after Christmas, we are back um, with not only brand new topics but also new guests. I'm your host Daisy, um, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Kira. Hello. And Amelia. Hello. We're also joined by a familiar face, Laura. Hello. And a new face, Gillian. Hello. And um, today our first topic is the lockdown parties with Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party. Mr Speaker, I want to apologise. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through, unable to mourn their relatives, unable to live their lives as they want or to do the things they love. And I know the rage they feel with me and with the government I lead when they think that in Downing Street itself the rules are not being properly followed by the people who make the rules. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. Boris Johnson and the Conservative government have come under fire this week after it revealed that two more parties have taken place during the UK's coronavirus lockdown. At least 15 parties have taken place at Downing Street. One of these occurred, occurred in May 2020 when Boris Johnson, his wife Carrie, Dominic Cummings and Mr Johnson's private secretary Martin Reynolds were all pictured sitting around a table in the number 10 garden enjoying cheese and wine. Around 15 others were also in the photograph. The PM claimed that the gathering was a meeting of people at work talking about work. Disgust. Oh, that's just me, anyway. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'd like to say is um, Boris Johnson's his excuse is that uh, he says that it was, a, it was a work event. But but I'm pretty sure that even if it was a work event, he'd still be breaking the law because you're not allowed alcohol at work events. So. I think also one other thing that he didn't understand was whether his garden was an extension of his office. <laughs> which, last time I checked, gardens aren't usually extensions of offices. When they're at your house, it's even worse. Well, you know yeah. how you know how exact the COVID rules were at that time. Oh, how, like yeah. you, you couldn't get it at school, but you could get it out. So, you know, in his mind, you probably just you couldn't get it if you were this out in the garden. May 2020, so we were still all in a lockdown, the yeah. proper first lockdown. What was it? Rule of six. May 2020? Yeah, Quite interesting listening to Keir Starmer's reaction to Boris Johnson's apology as well, uh, when he said, so Boris Johnson's excuse is that he didn't know he was at a party. So, yeah. I mean, the apology with it, though, as well, he's not apologising because he genuinely feels bad about it, because he genuinely felt bad about breaking the COVID regulations. He would have, you know, resigned when the first party came out. Instead, what you've got is a man in power who isn't sorry that he did it, he's sorry that he was caught. Yeah, there was a quote from John Burkow, uh, where he said that he's served under, I think it was five prime ministers, and he has had good faith that every single one of them 
wanted to actually genuinely do good, um, even if he disagreed with them. But he doesn't believe that with Boris Johnson. When he was on the Bor working on the Boris Johnson, he said that he genuinely, genuinely thinks that uh, Boris Johnson is in it for himself, in his party. Yeah, it's just a bit of a joke, isn't it? Um, and then, obviously, there was all the parties and trying to, there was lots of conservatives arguing, oh, but he's doing his best. I saw an um, interview of the man, oh, like, yeah. the, ma the man's just tired, the man's doing his best. The man's prime minister who gets paid the amount he does. Not attending a party is the least of his worries. And when the lockdown regulations are what they are, obviously it is an extreme taking away of civil liberties. Like, you wouldn't have it done hardly any other circumstances. It's a massive thing to take those sort of freedoms away from people. And whilst he's doing that, he's laughing and joking with his ministers on stages and stuff like that about how the rest of the country are following these rules they've set. Like, the basic you'd expect of someone taking those freedoms away and putting those laws in place as emergency rules, so not even debated by, you know, democratically elected individuals. Well, obviously he is democratically elected, but you know what I mean, not being debated amongst the parliament. You'd expect the bare minimum was him to follow them himself. And two parties were held in April of 2021, as the Queen prepared to bury Prince Philip, her husband of 73 years. Danish Britain have sent apologies to Buckingham Palace, calling them deeply regrettable. That's incredibly bad optics. I mean, I think whether, yeah. you, whether, you're, whether you like the rules, whether you're not, you've got to have sympathy for, you know, Her Majesty in this time. Like her husband, who she married for a very long time, has died. And the Prime Minister has more contact with her than the average person does. You know what I mean? You'd think, with knowing her as well as he assumably does, you think he'd have a little bit of sympathy towards that. Yeah, and I'm not even for the royal family. I'm against it. But I do respect that at least they followed all the restrictions and did things properly while down the street having parties. It's um, obviously with uh, everyone watched Prince Philip's funeral and you watched the Queen sit by herself and not even allowed her own family around her. And at the same time, Downing Street was doing stuff like this. You just, I mean, no matter what, the Conservative Party will lose a lot of support from royalists. And realistically, royalists are most likely to support conservative yeah. anyway. Yeah. So that then leading into um, that at least five conservative MPs have said they've filed letters demanding a vote of no confidence to Johnson. Um, but he's also launched Operation Save Big Dog uh, to salvage his leadership. So uh, his party is already starting to not accept his like him being in power and wanting to remove him. And I think it's only going to get worse. There's no way that he can salvage this. Well, I don't. I don't think he'll be resigning anytime soon, and I don't think there'll be a too large of a push from Conservative Party because I'm. I'm in the full belief that more is going to come out about this, and as it does, he will be in the perfect position for the Conservative Party to have someone to take a fall for them. They're doing the. Um, they've got a report out. They're putting together a report onto the parties, and the lady that's doing it, she, um, although a Conservative. Uh, for Conservative Sue. MP, Sue, yeah, she's, um, she's been uh, quite critical of Boris in the past, so I don't think it's going to end up being the same thing as what happened with the Nepalese. We're not racist. We've said it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole situation is just a continued lack of humanity from the Prime Minister. Like, uh, he doesn't flinch when MPs call out call out and tell him that people died alone in hospitals whilst he partied. 
he doesn't flinch when he like he's told to think of the queen sitting on her own grooving her husband of 70 years he just has not a single thought to the people that he's ruling over and the that's, people that he's supposed yeah. to serve that's a good point because in that pmq all he can say to every single one of the mps talking about their constituents and their stories his reply was the same every single time i'm deeply sorry about this my deepest condolences but just wait till the inquiry is out like it's just that lack of basic sympathy like it's like a robot and i, I don't know what he thinks the inquiry is going to do because it's quite obvious that he's had the parties like there was 14 of them i think in total 15 in the photo 15 like you know i mean even if, at least one of them is going to get proof of it <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't skip 15 different parties unless proof that they were all 100 people were invited to them as well yeah what, I think, I think 40 people have turned up as well a massive yeah. work event you know what i mean <laughs> right on Friday, people wearing Johnson masks danced in Downing Street, calling for the Prime Minister to resign. On Friday, people wearing Johnson masks. <laughs> the hell are Yeah, people wearing masks of Boris Johnson's face protested outside Downing Street uh, for the Prime Minister to resign. Do you Have not, you seen the photo? Oh, oh God, it was great. That is quite funny. He has made a real Johnson himself. <laughs> Wait, people were wearing his face and telling him to resign. Yeah, it's like, and like, who's actually position? And like, even though all of this, like, he doesn't actually 
actually would have to resign. Like, no, there's no nothing legally saying you need to leave. Yeah, such a massive majority as well. Yeah, that's yeah. a scary thing. Like, I'm not going to name drop, unfortunately, because I do love them. But, like, some person's parents I was talking to, like, they're, like, devout conservatives. And even though all of this Boris Johnson stuff, they would still vote to leave the EU. They would still vote. But they still vote to leave the EU. They still vote in Boris because they still trust him. I'm like, I actually can't fathom it. Like, in the most way possible, there are a lot of stupid voters out there. So, I mean, but those dead, those dead set voters when it comes to a general election aren't necessarily the most important people to focus on with that. It's the, these sort of massive events happening are important to, like, the people who aren't sure who they're voting for when it comes to a general election. Yeah, that's will be the deciding. Yeah, because even though Labour hasn't necessarily done a lot that's put them on the front page and call attention to them in, like, a positive way or anything like that, the Conservatives are doing enough damage to their reputation so that those people that are necessarily swing voters and that sort of thing... There's enough front page bad stuff on Conservatives that it might be enough to push them over Labour. And the polls have shown that it, it is. Yeah, the only, my, my only concern is that like, people just like, forget. Like, they just don't yeah. care. They just think, oh, it was so long ago. And, like, I think within a few months, nobody's actually going to Like, as much as that's I don't think anybody's actually going like, to take into consideration. Labour and the Liberals have to be really clever with the, yeah, the next election. They need to make sure that this is out there and it's staying there because I yeah. genuinely think there is such apathy amongst people now that they just don't care. Like, like, I, I, I think yeah. people are just going to be like, oh, like, I mean, it doesn't help that the amount of, you, we have had just constant streams of stuff come out that yeah. no one remembers key features. Realistically, how many of us remember the Pandora reports coming out? We did a, we did oh a whole episode on that. <laughs> we did a whole episode on the Pandora report. I and I, I could not Literally. remember one feature of that thing that came out. What even was it? I don't know. I, I can't remember. remember. And it was so it was so groundbreaking at the time that I remember us reading it being like this is the end of the government's week. How many times on this podcast have we said, Oh, you know, this is looking a bit dodgy for the conservatives? And they just changes. That's the thing. It's all you always this is just repeating slowly, this is bad, this is bad. People forget Legally, and they just went. 
beneficial thing to the, the general purpose of that, but I do not think he is the person to put the Labour Party in power. He's good as a person working higher up in the party, yeah, but he just can't, I just don't think he has, the, I, I want to say charisma, because it, it, it boils yeah. down. Yeah, 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 it does. He, he should have always been someone high up in the party, yeah. but not the person running the face of the party. Yeah, I'd want to be George King be Labour. Australian Open is about to begin in Melbourne without its defending men's champion. Novak Djokovic has been deported after losing his legal challenge to the cancelling of his visa. The judges ruled in favour of the Australian government, who said his refusal to be vaccinated against Covid made him a threat to public health. Mr Djokovic, <laughs> love and light. We've actually not even been to be great. <laughs> 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 back to the opposite. Um, <laughs> why is he... Um, so Novak, tennis star Novak Djokovic, Novak Djokovic has been deported from Australia after a long-ditch court bid to stay in the country for the Australian Open. Um, Mr Djokovic, who is a known anti-vaxxer, managed to enter the country um, on grounds of health and good order and that he couldn't get the vaccine even if he wanted it because he had Covid in December of 2021. Um, yeah, Djokovic um, launched his case after Immigration Minister Alex Hall used his power to cancel his visa after his presence in the country risked planning anti-vaccine sentiment. He was originally granted medical exception um, by two different health panels, one by Tennis Australia and the other by the government of Victoria, and um, he's since been deported back to Serbia. Um. Uh, any vaccine, mate? Yeah, <laughs> I've, 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 I've got some opinions on this. Uh, my dad uh, said that it's quite a good show of strength in the Australian government, which he has very little faith in. I have very little faith in the Australian government. Um, but I think that overall, it's good that he's been deported and made a firm decision on what to do because they've kind of been, as Boris Johnson would say, wibble wobbling. Um, and uh, the current. Uh, the current Australian Prime Minister as well. Uh, he has a really, really white name. I can't remember it. He's he's like, a, he is the one who, at the start of the pandemic, went from holiday, isn't he? Yeah. Is it yeah. like Ian? He feels like an Ian. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's like he a really short I'm white really name. White. Like John Smith or something. <laughs> Who's Olaf? Oh, that's one. Olaf Right. Right. I, I know that was quite right. right. I definitely think that it's good that he's that made a, a proper decision on this because uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with the health minister. Scott Morris. Scott Morrison. It is Pratt is really why. <laughs> I mean, it's completely rational and completely obvious why they've done this. Like, you let one person slip through this net of rules they've made for a reason as well as yeah. tennis, right? I know sports is important, but I feel like if you would let anyone in because they were unvaccinated, yeah. there are people who are like, have much more put together arguments and causes. And where is that line? Where is that line where you can determine yeah. it's okay for this person to? Because if you let him in, you're going to have hundreds of people trying to get into Australia and trying to get out of, because um, they have obviously yeah. the quarantine hotels, trying to say they don't have quarantine and stuff like that, because he doesn't. Like, mm. no, Australia have been so strict throughout the whole pandemic. Australia and New Zealand have been great with um, restricting COVID. Like, the lowest death as well. Like, it makes yeah, it work. But it Obviously, they have to then protect that, yeah. and you can't like you can't complain at them because they're not letting Mr. Djokovic in. Yeah, <laughs> You can't let Novak in, um, just because he's had he had uh, two PCRs. Yeah, uh, you have PCRs to. Even, like I'm pretty sure PCRs aren't even meant to be used primarily for testing whether you have COVID.
the horrific issue it is, but it wasn't as bad as it was last year, it was because of vaccines. And Americans having that issue, you know, I think they hit, they hit two million in one day. And I mean, yeah, needing uh, vaccines to travel isn't a new thing. No. If you go to some countries out of, you know, Europe and stuff like that, you need a vaccine you to travel. Have, yeah, yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's yeah. not new. Yeah, I, I have had to get a vaccine yeah. to travel before. I think people keep it off like yeah. it's a brand new concept. The same as like um, kids in school needing to be vaccinated. Like, that's yeah, not a new thing. Kids in school, NHS workers have always needed to be vaccinated. Mm. It's not some new thing that they suddenly need to be. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that when they start keeping off about these vaccines.